Hello and welcome to this next episode of the Forever Athletic Podcast with me, Coach Ian Wood. And first and foremost, I would like to say thank you to each and every one of you listening because over the last week, the podcast has ticked over its first 1,000 listens. And when I've made my first few episodes a few months back, to be honest, I was just hoping that somebody would listen and that that somebody would not be just my mum. So to get 1,000 listens so far, and I'm pretty sure that not all 1,000 of those are my mum. That to me is so, so cool. So thank you very, very much for tuning in and listening to me waffle on about training and nutrition. Anyway, on to today's topic, which is about how to make more gains in less time by following or writing a bang for buck training program. And I chose this topic today because there's two main groups of people I help the most and the best, as in I do my best work with these groups of people. And that is The time poor, high stress, everyday athlete, the person who needs to get the most from the limited amount of time that they have available due to work, kids, social life, those sorts of things. Or the person who's currently training a lot, so high frequency, four, five, six times per week, high volume, always trying to push themselves maximally in every session, super high intensity, but they're not making any progress. They maybe made initial progress, but it's all come to an absolute grinding halt. They don't know what to do next. Because in both scenarios, truly great results as in results that you didn't think were possible at this point within a shorter training program come from an intense focus on what is actually important so i'm going to break down my thought process when it comes to designing kind of highly effective but time and energy efficient training programs to help you target in on what is actually important for you and help you make some changes to how you train as a result but before i do let me give you just a little bit of context of how i've come to be really good at writing programs like this so when i first started coaching i was younger shock because it was kind of 15 years ago but at that point like most young people i didn't know shit about shit i was 20 years old i had loads less responsibilities i wasn't a true adult just yet i didn't know what life was actually like and i didn't know what i didn't know and then i kind of quit playing sport, playing volleyball. I moved out of gym management and became a full-time coach and a full-time head coach in an SNC gym. In this scenario, I took on the majority of the performance-based clients in kind of small group PT settings. So me as the only coach with four clients at the same time. In that setting, we would work through some very intense, very committed training programs, working towards high performance in things like powerlifting, Olympic weightlifting, rugby, volleyball, strongman, whatever. But those sessions were often overrun in that 60 minute time slot because I was throwing everything in the kitchen sink at it as from a programming perspective. So that was because of my programming, also because of the committed nature of those athletes. Because they were at high levels in their sport, they were very committed. They put a lot of their free time into it, which is maybe not the same as the people that I work with in the majority at the minute. And also the people around them were generally willing to be flexible to allow them to overrun their training slots which is very kind of them maybe they weren't particularly happy about it but that's just how it was at the time and at this point i was also in my kind of mid to late 20s i was very unaware of what it's like to be in your mid to late 30s with those extra responsibilities things more than just waking up coaching training coaching eating sleeping repeating that sort of stuff and it all changed kind of when the pandemic hit lots of things changed but two key things for me both in a work and an individual perspective so work-wise pandemic hits gym close gyms reopen and social distancing was a thing so overrunning sessions couldn't be a thing anymore i was programming at that point for two gyms with hundreds of members who we now largely needed to keep apart 
So what were now 60 minute slots that would often overrun by five minutes here or there now had to be 50 minute sessions maximum with 10 clear minutes to get people out the gym so they didn't cross over on that kind of in and out, wipe the kit down, get the next group in, temperature check everybody on the forehead, all that sort of stuff, and then run the session, start on time and get it done with 10 minutes again. So now efficiency was really, really important for us. But we also had to maintain that member experience of good, hard, intense, productive training sessions and make sure people didn't feel shortchanged because there was potentially 15 to 20 minutes less actual training time available to them. And then also at the same time, my life was changing quite rapidly. So I got myself mortgaged, got ourselves a dog. I had a fiance who's now my wife. And then slightly later on down the line, I went self-employed. So I now no longer had the freedom, the time and the energy to train as I had done previously. And that's not a bad thing. That's just how it is. So I cut my training time back to three sessions per week myself. And all those sessions were around 45 minutes because I found that if I tried to do any more, my energy was really spent and I was in a terrible mood at home, but I still wanted to tick that box. So I had to do that training, but just be more efficient with it. And that lasted until around June this year when I came back from my honeymoon after the wedding and all that sort of stuff. That was the first point from being self-employed where I kind of ripped up my working week, stopped saying yes to absolutely anything and everything and started building something that was a little bit more sustainable. So in terms of my coaching and my programming mindset, it took this shift from focusing on getting absolute most out of an individual full stop to getting the most out of an individual within those tighter constraints, particularly time constraints. And to be honest, it's totally changed a lot of the ways that I think about programming. And it's given me a really good refresh and a new challenge to my thinking because it really makes you question your decision making, your thought processes, your justifications and your reasoning for things. And it makes you realize what's actually really, really important, what is doing the work, what is actually moving people forwards and what actually moves the needle. And now I'm here at this point and I can see the mistakes that I made in the past and I can see the mistakes that some other coaches make at this moment in time when they program for clients and which bits they kind of program for themselves and for what they personally need and not actually what the client needs. And by that, I mean the things that they program for their ego that allow them to kind of show how clever or advanced they are and how much they know and those sorts of things, rather than just actually focusing on what's actually important for the client and showing their knowledge that way. Or the things that they program in addition to what the actual base program is and the things that are doing their work because they're not confident in that program and they're convinced that it's going to work also known as the throw shit at a wall and see what sticks. And I can see these things now because these are the mistakes that I've made in the past. And I think this is the biggest change in my coaching on kind of the last four to five years is this refinement and focus on the things that actually work and cutting out a lot of shit that isn't needed and isn't necessary. So at this point, I love the quote of perfection is not where there is nothing left to add. It's where there's nothing left to take away. And for me, that really kind of embodies or communicates what I think it is to be the highest quality coach, to be the highest skill coach and offer the highest value coaching. That's real expertise. When you've taken everything else away that's not necessary, you're left with the thing that is perfect. And this finally brings me, finally brings me to how to make a great time and efficient training program for yourself or to get somebody to do it for you. But this is how I think about it. So first of all, we're just going to have to focus on what is the high impact and high return practices that we are going to employ, both in terms of theory, but also in terms of practice. So as an s coach, the first thing you do is you go and look at the theory. What is proven to work? What does the literature say on these things? What are the highest impact, highest return practices for getting strong, 
for building muscle and losing body fat. And then putting that alongside what I know from 15 years of coaching experience and also my skill set in practice. So the theory might say one thing, but I'm not really good at coaching those things. I'm not really good at delivering those things, particularly online, but I'm really good at coaching this variation of it or this thing that's very similar to it. So if we focus on that, that's going to work really, really well because I'm going to get you to the point that you need to be really, really quicker with my skill set. So it's that high impact, high return practices in theory, but also in practice. But the things that are always going to be true that load or intensity is king weight on the bar or intensity of training and session in in terms of the actual effort you're having to put in in that exact moment in time that is going to have the biggest impact on your body your strength your physique those sorts of things load is going to be king which also means that compound strength exercises are also going to be king so things like squats bench presses, deadlifts, pull-ups, pendle rows, lunges, those sorts of things where you're moving multiple joints and using multiple muscle groups at the same time, they are going to be king. They're going to be super high impact. They're going to be super high return. After that, volume is often secondary. How much you can do of those things is what is determined by how much time you've got available. But the time that you do have available should be put towards high load, high intensity compound movements first and foremost. Once they're done, then you can think about the extra things, but not until they're done. Which brings us on to the next point. So the second thing that I'll think about is the 80-20 rule. So the 80-20 rule, true for many things in life, but definitely for training. And that is that you get 80% of the benefits from 20% of the efforts that you put in. And as a highly skilled, highly effective coach, the thing that you need to do is help people arrow in on what that 20% of the effort is that's going to give them 80% of the return. And if I'm being honest, with most of the people that I work with, people in those two scenarios that I talked about earlier, they're not looking for 100% anyway. 80% is amazing if you can get them 80% of the way because it's not attainable for them. They don't have the time. They don't have the energy. They don't want to push themselves to that extent. They don't want to sacrifice the things that they need to sacrifice to get get 100% of the benefits from stuff. So 80% is plenty. And if they did try and pursue 100% anyway, it wouldn't work because they'd probably have things like shit recovery. They'd be overtraining. They'd get constant niggles, illness, soreness, and they'd probably give up because they're putting in this extreme amount of effort and they're not getting the return back from it anyway because of that recovery, lack of recovery, overtraining, niggles, injury, soreness, that sort of stuff anyway. So once we accept that 80% is a huge return from 20% of the efforts, What's that remaining stuff that we can strip away in terms of exercises? If we're focusing on compounds, what isolation stuff don't we need is not actually offering anything to our program. We're going to keep bicep curls, obviously, but a lot of the other stuff, do we need it? Or are we just ticking those boxes anyway with the compound stuff? In terms of movement patterns, we're going to want something like a squat, hinge, push and pull being really predominant in our program. There are other things in there that aren't either that bang for buck or we just duplicate them. We're doing loads of squats where we've got most of the benefit from the first squat. And then also in terms of our training volume, so sets of stuff to build the most muscle. Do we need to do something like German volume training, 10 sets of 10 to build the maximum amount of strength? Do we need to do something like five by five and get the most amount of working on that that we can do? Or could we get most of the benefits from a compound exercise, one heavy set and then one lighter set to failure? Is that going to give us most of the benefits that we get? It's a question to ponder. Is that part of the 80% that we can strip away to leave us with that 20% that is giving us the vast majority of our benefits? So the second thing we're thinking about is that 80-20 rule. And then once we've done that, if we do have any additional time, 
and energy that we want to get some more training volume in, can we do it in a more time efficient way by using some time saving strategies? So at this point, if this is something that you're interested in, I would go back to episode four if you've not listened to it already. It's called Building Muscle on a Tight Time Budget. But essentially, when you're looking to build some muscle through some training volume, if you download a program from the internet, it will probably have most of the exercises in there along the lines of four sets of 10, with that 10th rep being very close to the point of failure, because that's going to be really good for a muscle driving response for your body. It's going to help you build muscle. But doing four sets of 10 with two minutes, 90 seconds rest in between, that's 10 minutes, 12 minutes of work, including a couple of warm up sets, that sort of thing. Whereas if you employed something like a drop set where you take a movement to failure, drop the weight by 20, 40%, repeat, drop the weight again, 20, 40%, repeat, do that three to four times, you could get those four exposures to that failure point within one set, within two to three minutes, job done. If you employed a rest pause strategy instead where you do something like an eight rep max, 15 seconds rest, go for another set of as many as possible, 15 seconds rest, another set of as many as possible. Again, you're getting three, maybe four points of failure within one set, much more efficient. And then also something like a myo rep where you may be doing something like a 12 rep max, five second break, three to four reps, five second break, three to four reps, and just hitting that failure point within that one set three to four times, much more efficient than that four sets of 10. Very fatiguing, needs to be used in moderation, but these are time-saving strategies that can take 10 minutes out of a section and get you the vast majority of the results that you would get from doing four straight sets of 10, but in a much quicker time. So what time-saving strategies can we employ? Then the next point, the overall structure this is gonna work within is probably gonna be a full body session. So if you're looking at training, two to three times per week, we're always thinking about doing full body sessions because we're looking to split up around 10 sets per week per muscle group. You're going to get exponential gains up to that point of training volume. And we can split that really nicely across two to three sessions per week, particularly three sessions. It's really, really easy to do to get that really good amount of training volume and doing it in kind of 45 minute sessions or less. But the real thing for this is if you're a person in this scenario, you're a busy person, you're short on time, you're short on energy, the likelihood of you missing a session here or there is actually relatively high. You're probably not going to miss a session every week because you are um, focused, you are motivated, you want to do these things. But missing a session every month is probably quite likely because things are going to get in the way. But when you do full body sessions, that's no biggie because you're going to hit all the movement patterns you want to hit in the very next session by definition because it's a full body session. There's going to be squat, a hinge, a push and a pull. Whereas if you only did your pushes on a Monday and you missed your Monday session, it's going to be the following Monday that you hit it again. And that could be 13, 14 days between push exposures. Whereas if you miss it within a full body program, you may not do it again for another two to three days, but then you're back on the wagon again. So it's going to be much more flexible. So I'm always thinking full body sessions unless somebody does have more time, but then it doesn't apply within the bounds of this podcast. Okay. And then finally, this one goes without saying, but I'm going to highlight it and highlight a few areas where people make the mistake. But when you're short on time and energy, you don't want to fuck about with low return things. It's the opposite of the first point, but it needs saying. So, for example, things that I see people do a lot of is spend a lot of time on warm ups, whereas warm ups in the literature and also in practice, they're not hugely proven to be that much more beneficial over a barbell warm up in terms of reducing injury risk and in terms of improving performance. By that, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do them. I always program them, but you can bet that we're going to be on a bar within five minutes doing our first exercise sort of thing. 
because any more time spent on that, it's not beneficial. You're not going to get anything out of it. You need to get in and start doing some actual training, not spending 15, 20 minutes warming up where you don't have that much time available. Okay. So don't waste time on warm ups and things that aren't proven. Isolation, pardon me, isolation exercises. Again, where needed but if we're going to put them in they're going to be in finishes in circuits in low rest doing um opposing supersets so when one muscle's working the other one's resting and then you're going back so you can take all the rest out and you can get all your isolation work in a short period of time otherwise if you can't do it there's no point putting it in marks will stick with your compounds and then my biggest pet peeve currently in programs comes from this kind of functional fitness training uh thing that has really kicked off in the last 10 years and that's just using loads of really low return movements that don't have any justification behind them other than they are work they make you tired they make you sweat you make you feel like you've exerted yourself but they don't actually have any real quantifiable impact on your body beyond maybe burning a few extra calories so i'm thinking things like uh high volume dumbbell snatches dumbbell clean and jerks thrusters um burpees these sorts of things where you're kind of moving through space you may be doing something useful if you want to compete in that sort of stuff but if you want to transform your body get a lot stronger burn body fat these sorts of things in the least amount of time possible these are not big big enough justifications for these exercises they're going to be much more important things you can be doing out there so don't invest and don't fuck about with low return things like low return movements those sorts of things so those are my thought processes when it comes to writing a program that's both massively time and energy efficient but it still gives you better results than going to the gym kind of five to six times per week even if you feel like you're slogging yourself and you deserve progress because it's not going to work because it's not focused it's not targeted and it's not done with the right intent whereas if you did do a focused targeted program with intent fewer times per week it would work a hell of a lot better if you want an example workout to try drop me a dm on instagram you'll find me at coach ian wood just drop me a message and say hey can you send me an example workout to try just listen to your podcast i will send you one over you can give it a try let me know what you think and if you want to benefit from my 15 years of coaching experience, all the lessons that I've learned over the years, helping thousands of people just like you to make strength and body composition progress like you've never made before without wasting any more time and effort, just visit www.coachianwood.com and complete the application form on there. There's loads of information about how I work. And if you're ready to go for it, just fill in that application and I will get back to you ASAP. Otherwise, I will see you in the next episode.